This is boxcutters.net. Please stand by. This episode of Boxcutters is made possible through listener contributions. If you enjoy our program, please click on the donate button on the newly designed website at boxcutters.net and help us keep this show going. Thank you and God bless us, everyone. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 271. It's not random, you just don't know the algorithm. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I think uh, the, the key of it is knowing whether or not 271 is a prime number or not. Is it? Uh, ah, only that's Brett the key. knows. Only, only Bre- really? Only Brett knows? Only Brett knows. The only person in the world who knows whether 271 is a prime number, Brett Cropley. I'm one of the few that, uh, that the primes are just kind of natively pop into my brain. Is that true? Are you just saying words? I think he's just saying words. <laughs> or either that, or Brett's being replaced by Wolf from Alpha. Yeah. It was about time that happened, actually. It could go either way. I've, uh, I've, I've, <laughs> yeah. You're, uh, <laughs> your, your depot of, of prime numbers for the internet. Yeah. Wolf from Alpha. Wolf from Alpha. It's, it's, yeah, I know, seriously, I know if, it's if, a real if, thing. If, if, you're, if you're listening in front of a computer right now, just go to Wolf from Alpha, type, is 271 a prime number? It will say yes or no. It's G- it's the magic prime number computer. I love it. Box Cutters, your prime number podcast. You know what else this is a podcast We're about? number one. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. Actually, uh, one's not a prime number. Oh, oh just... One's, one's not a prime number. Yes, in it is. It's, no, only, no. it's only divisible by itself in one. He's going to invent some other rule. Go on. One is not a prime number because by definition, one can't be a prime number. Because it's any number that is divisible by itself and one that is not one. See, no, the, Wait a minute. The, the, the not the one. Is not you've one. added that on. No, no, I no, no, you've added that on. No, I have yeah. it. And it's like you know what? I before he accepts. If you want to argue the one that's the lowest number, I'd be with you. Can I just no. say, John, this is the, the one one prime number thing is is a lot like Daleks can't climb stairs. <laughs> okay, is it All right? like you know? Do you know what you're starting here now? For math nerds, do you know what you're starting now? Is it like uh, every 100 so, years is a non-leap year, except if it's in a 1,000 years? It's like that, I'm but, but kind of less arbitrary because prime numbers are glorious. Oh, you anyway. don't think that's arbitrary? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, hi. Box Cut is actually about television, not about maths. But television would be nowhere without prime numbers. Correct. <laughs> that is very correct. Mm-hmm. Uh this, uh, this this week, I, I did an interview last week with uh, Sue Spencer. You wouldn't have heard it because we didn't have a show. Sue Spencer is the EP of Four Corners, and so we're going to be playing it this week. Oh, did you think we were back last week? No. I thought you thought we were no, back no, he next just, week. He just interviews no. people. You can't stop him. He just can't stop me, <sighs> even when we're on holidays. I'm like, who are you? What do you do? Want to talk into this thing? Great. Speaking of which, I'm uh, going to grab Tom Elliott and... <laughs> You've been threatening out. to grab Tom Elliott for a while And he's got a restraining with, order out With a it. recording device oh. A withery <laughs> A withery recording device <laughs> I don't know what that is but Stop the banter, make the show happen I was trying, but then he started grabbing Tom Elliott 
Just Which is weird. Uh, we're also going to review the uh, new ABC show Crownies. Yes, it's ABC TV all the time. About beer. On box cutters. It's not about beer. Oh. It's not about beer. It's about royal families. Very disappointing. That's all I got. Uh, <laughs> look, there may or may not be letters. I don't know. I've got letters know. with a question mark written Isn't down Isn't the royal here. family? No. No, you're uh, thinking of bread. <laughs> no, I'm not. I can't even remember bread. I thought, oh, really? I thought you were going to say porridge. Why would I say porridge? Porridge is Why would you say bread? Because bread is about a family, a poor family living in, in somewhere in Great Britain who uh, try to, you know... Scrape together their, their livelihood. Oh, you think the people from Porridge were from a, fa- a poor family? I'm saying the people from Porridge were in a prison. <laughs> uh-huh. You don't know how to play It's a Fact. You don't know. You don't no. understand the rules. No. I'm trying to you catch don't. up. Uh, so we've got that. Look, there may be some letters. I doubt it. Uh, there's one thing. There's pork. There's no Toby Halligan this week because uh, he's too busy being popular in other ways. Fair enough. As always, though, we're going to kick things off with the Box Cutters News. <laughs> In news just in, old people sometimes die. Oh. Let's name some that we think sure. are dead. Yeah, go on. But we're not quite go sure. On. Oh, okay. okay. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that uh, Sherwood Schwartz is now dead. Fair enough. If you had asked me two weeks ago, I would have said, I'm pretty sure dead. that Sherwood Schwartz is dead. <laughs> and you would have been wrong. I would have been wrong. Jesus, but lucky we looked, didn't come in that week. I've got, I've got, I've got a, a book called uh, Brady Mania which is uh, all, all about the Brady Bunch. I also have a book all about Gilligan's Island. I'm quite a fan of uh, the Sherwood Schwartz sitcoms. And, uh, and and the man looks old in photos in those years when those shows were being made. In the 70s. For the, for the 60s less, and 70s. For the less obsessive listener, although I'm not entirely sure we have any less obsessive listeners, <laughs> um, Sherwood Schwartz created these shows? Created Gilligan's Island and the Brady Bunch, uh, most famously. And uh, both of them... Hugely, hugely popular shows of, of their time. If you're unfamiliar with those two sitcoms, then I really don't know what you're doing listening to a TV podcast. Just stop. Stop listening now. Oh, no, don't! Don't! No, that's, that's not no. how this works. Uh, Googie Withers, I will also point out on the list of dead people. Googie Withers, lovely actress who, more famous for film and for stage than anything else, she died on the 15th of July, age 94. Um, she was in one of our aircraft are missing. Uh, no aircraft is missing. Whatever aircraft missing. Car fifty four. Where are you? Yeah, and shine on the other end of, of her career. But when it comes to TV, she was in a show called Within These Walls, uh, which was a sort of pre runner of Prisoner in the UK. Uh, she was in Northanger Abbey. And my favourite story involving Googie Withers and television in two thousand and four, a character in Coronation Street called Norris Cole had the line, "Googie Withers would turn in her grave." Granada later apologised when they realised she wasn't dead. <laughs> now they can finally air that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, and did we did we mention uh, about five weeks ago that Leonard Stern died? Possibly. Uh, I I don't remember doing that. Uh, get um, smarts. The, yes. Get smarts. Yeah. Created Leonard Stern. Yeah. yeah. Uh, do, do you think uh, he and uh, 
and Sherwood Swartz were uh, having a bit of a, a competition, a, a challenge to I each think, other. To, to I think they were both part of a tontine. Is that what you're asking? Because I'll say yes. They'll be in heaven now coming up with new formats. Yes. Together. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That's yeah. nice. Starring yeah, no, that's all, uh, Mel Brooks <coughs> is still good, isn't he? Yeah, yes. Oh, God, he was. <laughs> He's not in hospital or anything. Oh, Brett. Brett, what have you done? No, no, I, I, I haven't said that he's dead. <sighs> yeah, but you're coming close. That's just Yeah, dumb. but Brett can. It's only you, Josh. Don't right. You the well, I'm not, to kill. I'm not going to Instead, I will mention uh, Comcast in the US. Uh, Comcast are in it's trouble. Cable, cable Town, yeah? Yeah, yeah Cable Town. Right. You, you might know it better as Cable Town with a K. Uh, that, that's what it is in 30 Rock, Brett. They, they don't call it Comcast. Uh, they call it Cable Town. Uh, so, Bloomberg... Has uh, has filed a complaint. This is the the, the channel, the, the, ch- the channel, yep. which was started by the man who is now mayor of New York, mm-hmm. who is coincidentally also called Bloomberg. I I don't know how that happened. There you go. It's oh yeah, there you go. Yeah. Is I that what you're saying? A yeah. complaint about what? Uh, a complaint because uh, Comcast, aka Cable Town, now owns NBC Universal, and uh, Comcast is also a distribution channel for uh, for cable television. So, uh, apparently, because NBC Universal have their own finance channel, MSNBC, uh, on Comcast, they've now put uh, Bloomberg down the bottom end of the channel spectrum. So, you've got to go, you know, all the way past all the porn and stuff to get to Bloomberg, apparently. Okay. And uh, and so, uh, Bloomberg says uh, to the FCC that uh, it's... In breach of its uh, its agreement to uh, to act fairly, once Comcast acquired NBC Universal, Bloomberg's all in a half. Yeah, I was wondering how you approve all that. Um, I think what, what, it's. What would the onus of proof be in that to show that? Well, I think the the onus of proof would be previously Bloomberg was at Channel Ten. Yep. And now it's at channel 850. Right. What do you make of that? And Comcast would go, oh, no, we just had to do a channel redistribution because of uh, Spike TV2 having another thing. thing yeah. And uh, blah, 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 blah. And the FCC would go, yes or no, or any of you showing boobs? No, well, we've got other boobs to got get booby on. show. Yeah. Speaking of television... <laughs> Speaking of boobs. <laughs> yeah, because I was going to try to go for a, a deeper segue. No. Uh, Play School. I just want to mention today being the 18th of July, Monday. Um, so where we are. 2011. 2011. Where we are right now, Play School is celebrating its 45th birthday. Not where you are. Because oh. where you are, it's obviously a few days ago. But yes. But right now, at this moment, 18th of July, 1966, was the first edition of Play School. Strangely, uh, probably just under 12 hours ago. In that very seat just there, uh, Noni Haslehurst, talking about uh, being pulled off YouTube uh, doing the presentation of Go to Fuck to Sleep. That just sounded wrong, oh, was that, pulled, was, that, was that taken off YouTube? Pulled. Noni yes. was pulled off. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're a, why are you doing Brett's jokes? I don't know. <laughs> why? Why? Uh, what, it's, now, I think- I, 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 I'm kind of disbelieving that you guys have been able to find this news, given that everybody is just talking about... News International, News Corp, News Limited, Murdoch, phone taps, 
destroying yeah. phone but, messages but that's or all, dead yeah. girls. That's all stuff, yeah, we searched well, very, it's, it's we searched not, very, because very Beast, hard. Because Beast Guy B mm. uh, was a was looking like a fairly short thing for Murdoch to uh, take over completely in the UK. Uh, that has all been screwed on him because of uh, the fallout from the scandal. Uh, that's engulfed. But is that really is is that going to affect Beast Guy B negatively? Like I've I've heard nothing about that because everyone's too worried about what if News Corp goes belly up, and then America can't repay its debts and then everybody dies. Wait a minute, how, <laughs> how would News Corp? How would yeah News Corp going belly up affect the US? No, that's just the way I heard it. And then US US can't repay its uh, can't repay its debts. No, and nothing then, to do with China, News Corp. They're, and then that's, and then China starts crying and everybody yeah. dies. Where, where did you read that? That's what I would. Where where, where did I yeah. read that? What kind of paper was that in? Oh, uh, MX. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe. I was, John Holmes had a lovely was, joke about how Re- Rebecca, um, I forgot her name, Brooks. Yes. Yes. Well, couldn't be a very good editor because she can't spell her own name properly. Yay. Yay. That's nice. <laughs> um, and uh, also looking at, and, and you know, the Australian newspaper here, one of uh, the Murdoch stable, are still going the ABC about, oh, oh you can't talk to ministers about wanting to, to keep doing uh, the, the TV Australia thing, which Murdoch uh, has been wanting to get his grubby little mitts on uh, down here. Uh, well, Yes. Uh, there, there are there are those aspects, but uh, I don't know. We just looked for other news Fair. to answer your question. <laughs> yeah, more, more directly. My gut has been of, so engrossing, in, though. It, it has. It has. Rebecca no, Brooks has been arrested. arrested. That was the the yeah. chief of the chief of the Metropolitan Police quit yes. out of the scandal of it. They're looking at uh, at going the deputy chief there as well. Did you see that she was arrested um, yeah. and they, they actually think that's the police covering themselves because now she's been arrested, she can't talk to the inquiry about a whole bunch of issues because they're now like a, they're in a police investigation and she's not allowed to talk about stuff that's actually being covered by a police investigation to a parliamentary investigation. Oh, my God. It's too, it keeps it's, going I know, on. There are layers and levels. And it's actually thought the police have deliberately done this to try and protect themselves because it appears they were being paid off. So he had her arrested and then he quit. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting the fuck out of here. It's going to be a brilliant miniseries when it finally suckers. happens. It's going to be awesome. Um, speaking on uh, ABC and politics, and this is possibly the last piece in the news. Sure. I, I was I was, gonna, I was just going to start bitching about MasterChef. But okay. Um, I just want to mention this because it's going to go one or two ways. Uh, At Home with Julia is a new four-part <gasps> yes. series commissioned by ABC One in which Amanda Bishop will be playing Prime Minister Julia Gillard. Uh, Philip Lloyd from Review with Miles Barlow will be playing Tim Matheson. And it's a, a, a sort of mockumentary following Julia and Tim and their life at home. And Do you remember in the first years of George W. Bush's administration, uh, the, the South Park guys, Trey and Matt, uh, Trey Parker, Matt Stone, created a sitcom for Comedy Central called That's My Bush. Mm. Live, live action sitcom. Yeah, live, live action yeah. sitcom called That's My Bush in front of a, a live studio audience uh, that was about the Bush's White House. And that was really, really funny. Only had one season. Don't even know if it's available on DVD. Really, really funny. This doesn't sound that funny. It's only four parts, too, which is going to be interesting. But I, look, I don't know. We'll maybe, call that a miniseries maybe, where I come maybe, from. Maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll suck. It's hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. It's... I don't know. There's something. Maybe it'll just be another opportunity just... for the media to, to stick another knife in. Uh, also, uh, in 
in because that was uh, that was released today that uh, that announcement and over the weekend uh, Channel Seven announced that uh, there would be an Amazing Race season two mm-hmm. and applications are now open for Amazing Race season two. Have they lifted any of the restrictions? I have not had a chance to check that because I've been too busy uh, working on it's the Muppet Show with uh, John and Josh talking about the Muppet Show. In the third person. Ah, it'll never work. Where can I get tickets for that, Josh? You can't because it's sold out, John. So you should have thought of that before you put your name on it. I hate myself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally sold out. It's so so in box cutters news, uh, that show sold out completely. Can't get a ticket. uh, Not even if you sold your mother. And even then, the exchange rate on mothers is not great at the moment. Possibly because America is having problems paying back its debts. It's because our mothers are too strong. That's what it is. Our mothers are too strong, which makes the ah, uh, which makes the exchange rate exactly. just yeah. yeah. Uh, we, we have very the strong US mothers. has just been dumping mothers on the on the market. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. It's been flooded. They are mother dumpers. The um, uh, so so yes, yeah, so that's sold out. Uh, Box Cutters has a new website. You would have heard at the top of the show. Uh, we've we've redone the website completely. Uh, so much so that it's unrecognisable aside from the fact that it has the same logo, very similar words, and all the same content. Other than that, completely different website. It looks hot. It's it very looks, pretty. It's very Brett, you got a bone in looking at it, didn't you? I, yes. Yes. <laughs> I've still got it. Thought so. <laughs> Thought so. Uh, so, yes, with, with all of that being busy, haven't had a chance to, to check the, uh, the, the new requirements for Amazing Race contestants, but if they've taken out that one clause... I'm in. Uh-huh. I'm in. Totally. Have and you that, been lobbying? Have I been lobbying? Yeah. No. No, no cuz I've been busy. No. It's about time we use the power of box cutters, I reckon. You know what? You By the power of box cutters. <laughs> you don't want to abuse the power of box cutters. Who can we <laughs> Who can we say it would be terrible if a, if a terrible accident happened to them and, and name them on the show as being dead so that they would die? <laughs> Uh, I don't even. Do I don't even want to play. Who could, who could make it happen for us? I don't even want to play that game, Brett. Okay. I just, I just don't want to. If you stick around till pork, you will hear me bitch about Master Chef. But for Ooh. now, that is the box cutters news. Hey, this is James Talia, and you're listening to the spot where you can find out everything good, bad, and otherwise on your box. It's the box cutters. He's just epic. He's not echoey. He's epic. Yeah, yeah. It's, he's got... Uh, he's got he's, he's on his throne in his hall. He's got hall great resonance. <laughs> it's, that's what they call Tali resonance. Yeah. It just resonates within his mouth. Yeah, he does. Before it yeah. even comes out. Absolutely. He does. He has yeah. a cavernous nice. mouth. <laughs> uh, so, a while ago, we had the whole Four Corners uh, animal live export cattle thing uh, that uh, during that episode, yes, we said it was to Malaysia and it was actually to Indonesia. uh, And yes, John said that all meat in Australia is halal and really he's found out it's just some chickens. Uh, No, it's all chickens. (laughs) I just meant all chickens. That's where it's wrong. (laughs) Right, right. In my head I knew I meant chicken. (laughs) Right, right. I just forgot to say the word chicken. Just not in your mouth. Yeah. yeah. So it's a tragedy Uh, that they're, they're shipping live chickens over to... Oh, yeah. To Malaysia. To the people are going to Malaysia. That's the guy I got angry about. It's the people going to Malaysia. We don't where care about it. It's the, it's, it's, it's the animals to Indonesia we're <clears throat> anyway, upset about. Right. Anyway. So that kind of 
is my point, that this mm. thing happened on Four Corners and then everything got dumbed down because Four Corners has 45 minutes to talk about uh, what it is that they're going to talk about and everybody else has three minutes, or in our case, a lifetime of misinformation. So I thought, well, I, I, I want to know, is there a place for Four Corners in a world where everything's getting dumbed down? So who do you ask if uh, if you want to find out if an entire institution that is, by the way, celebrating its 50th anniversary this year, come uh, August 19, if you want to find out if, a, if an institution is becoming irrelevant, you speak to the boss of that institution, of course. So I spoke to the executive producer, Sue Spencer, while we were on break, and uh, wanted to know from her if Four Corners was still... I mean, they were still doing great journalism, but was it getting the recognition that it deserved when everything was getting dumbed down? So I, I started off by asking her about the way the, the media simplified the message from the Four Corners episode about the live cattle exports to Indonesia. This is sort of an, an unusual program, I guess, because I actually think in reality very few people actually watched the entire program. In, in a way, I mean, and that's reflected clearly in the ratings. I mean, it was the lowest rating program we had for, God, I don't know, I mean, I think it's one of the lowest rating programs we've ever had. It's about, was about 400, from memory, about 450,000 viewers. Um, and and, in, and interestingly, um, I think that there was, um, I think the news, the 7 o'clock news that night did run some excerpts of the um, Animals Australia video. And I think that for, for some viewers, they thought that was enough. So, you know, they, they just didn't want to see, you know, um, sh- you know, shocking footage of animal cruelty, and I, and whether they thought that it was, you know, essentially going to be the whole forty-five minutes was going to be, you know, wall to wall with that, um, but certainly it was, and and even too, I know around the office here and around the ABC, people who are regular viewers of um of the program said to me, Sue. I, I, I thought, no, I, I don't want to watch this. And so once again, you had that, that classic thing is that I think people were just reacting to this horrific footage um, but didn't actually see that, you know, um, there, there is a more complex story behind that. But, but generally, I think most people with Four Corners do actually watch the whole program. And I think that in this particular instance, because there was just a view that the footage was too disturbing that most people thought, no, I don't want to watch it. And so in the end, and in that sense, the message, the complexity of the message, I think you're right, um, perhaps was lost. Um, but I wouldn't say that's typical of Four Corners. I've seen this with other investigative journalism, uh, not necessarily as a result of Four Corners uh, footage, but I, I remember back when Sunday was doing long form, like half hour investigative pieces, uh, that and and Four Corners as well, every now and then, a story will be picked up by other media outlets, uh, like A Current Affair, Today Tonight, 7pm, where they don't have the luxury of half an hour to 45 minutes. And, and it, it feels to me like there is a tendency to take the most sensational aspect of it without paying respect to all the nuances of the story itself. Yeah, look, I, I guess there there is an argument, but I'd, I, in a way, I'd sort of like to turn turn that point of view on its head, and 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 say that I actually think in this current climate where it's you know you're sort of driven by you know twenty four hour news, or you must be driven by thirty minute news these days, everything changes that quickly. 
that in fact there's you know programs like Four Corners there's even more relevance for it because I think that you know you can get that immediate sort of you know news anywhere but if you really do want you know complexity if you do want analysis if you do want to find out more about a particular subject the only sort of programs that are doing that are you know a program like Four Corners or the, those those half hour or 45 minute programs. And and I know that you know you can say yes, you know that 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 a complex message can be simplified, but also I think it works the other way. That if you do want to find, and I actually think increasingly, I mean, I guess this is obviously a debatable point, I suppose, but I actually think there is an argument now that in this sort of you know fast-moving you know sort of new media, twenty you know instant news, there's even more reason why such a program like Four Corners is really important and really relevant. We're so used to getting our our news in bytes and and those bytes have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller and uh, you know now if it's not in 140 characters we, we don't want to know about it how's that been reflected in the numbers for four corners is is it still rating the the standard that it used to and also how, how have you found follow-ups on iview and things like that um Look, the, I mean the general, the raw, I mean the numbers for um, for corners. I mean as as they have for all free to air television. I mean, and even if you look at the figures, for, you know, for your sixty minutes, and um, have certainly dropped. There's absolutely no argument about that. But I think that's but but where and also even anecdotally, people are saying, look, it's rare that I'll sit down. I don't I don't usually watch Four Corners at eight thirty on Monday night. I pick it up on iView, or I know because it's streamed on your your website. And so, in terms of iView, we are sort of averaging um, usually around about forty or fifty thousand um, views per month. Wow! I mean, we're, not, we're normally about twenty. We're about we run because you know, I mean the top is normally you know some sort of it's usually Angry Boys or you know Doctor Who or something like that. Um, and um, but we're, we're normally we would be about, about around about the twentieth top ABC program in terms of people going to iView to watch. Um, I, the one pro, I mean this, the program which really put iView on, on the map was was Sarah Ferguson's Code of Silence, the you know the football um, sort of sex scandal one. And in fact, that we actually we got something like two hundred and fifty thousand views on iView. I mean that was just phenomenal. It just was this huge spike. But typically but with the interestingly with the cattle one we got seventy well, I've just got the figures through for that. We got seventy thousand, which was a, which is which was nearly double more than what we got what our average monthly things so as I said around about forty thousand. So there is a lot of uh evidence to to show that People Absolutely. do actually go back and to, to find out all of those little intricacies from the story. Yes, yeah, and also, and also, look, and unfortunately, with because we stream the program on the Four Corners website as well, so you can actually go to the website and um, and watch it there. But it's, it's we don't have very accurate figures for for that. But but just anecdotally, you know, lots of people will will um will actually watch it after it's been to air. And I think once again, it's that whole whole the importance of having multiple platforms. And even too, if you do a program on Monday night, that you actually do have that, hopefully you have that water cooler effect that next day people will say, hey, did you see Four Corners last night? No, I didn't. Well, then I can go and, and look at it on iView or look at it on the um, on the website. And we're finding too, you know, just using Twitter and Facebook as well is really important to directing people to 
you know, the website and I view if they miss out on it. And also we find too, even with Twitter, if we, if we follow Twitter through as the program is going to air, and you can see people sort of saying, hey, are you watching Four Corners yet? Or look at this. Or, and, and, and obviously some people will obviously you know they may they may switch across but i think a lot of them wait and you know check it out on iview later well, it's, it's all those people who are on twitter an hour early just waiting for q a to start oh, that's right. that's, yes. <laughs> uh well that, that that kind of makes me and i'm sure a lot of the the box cutters listeners feel a lot better about the the state of television because we've been having a lot of conversations on the show recently about uh trying to work out if TV stations are actually uh, creating content that is made for a distracted viewer. So we, we played a, a clip from Winners and Losers and there was so much repetition in this one clip that there was the question of, well, maybe it's intentional. Maybe it's not just a bad script. Maybe it is intentional because people aren't paying attention so they need the information to come through. But what, okay. what you've just said really proves otherwise that people will go out and and seek the good content if they want it. Well, I well I hope so. I mean, I, I I sort of you know hopefully I mean I actually think that our view was a you know a sort of a very a sort of are intelligent beings and are, and are interested in you know information and um, they don't have to actually have to have it sort of spelled out like you know one two three but you know in in terms of what's you know, what may be the approach of some advertisers or whatever but. Um, look, I, I, I look, I, I think so. I mean, look, it's hard. To, I mean, it's really hard to get really, you know. Um, so, we, I mean, in terms, of, it would be really worthwhile to do proper, you know, sort of audience research on this. But you know, obviously, having the time and money to do that. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've got none. I'm, I've just looked around my little studio here. I've got no big bags of cash. <laughs> Sue Spencer, thank you so much for, for spending the time. You go back to uh, making award-winning and excellent journalism. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, hi, good day. I'm Katrina Mathers and I'm on the Box Cutters. How cool's that? <laughs> Put causation aside. Focus on foreseeability. Cooper's intent to kill. I can't see intent to kill. Then look for GBH or reckless indifference. You probably want something strapless to accentuate your shoulders. They know the law inside out. So this is another case you just think it's black and white, is it? If a sexual assault has occurred, we will be proceeding. But when it comes to life, they have a lot to learn. I finally think I'm going to do the right thing and this is what happens. A brand new Aussie drama is about to ignite. Actually enjoy flirting with her. Guilty as charged. Crownies starts Thursday, July 14 on ABC One. So that was the ad for Crownies that ABC ran. Crownies is the new drama on ABC. On Thursday night, had Brett Cropley singing in it, which I think is just extraordinary. Are you uh, over that? As, sorry? Are you over that? Have you had enough of that? Of you singing? No, of the... Of, of the what? Do, 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 do in the ads. And the yeah, I've had plenty of that. And the, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why? You want to do more? No, go on. All right. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so it's it's uh, started last Thursday uh, on the ABC, and we thought we'd do a review of it. John and I have managed to see three episodes. Brett, uh, because of bad planning on my That's part, it's only uh, been able to see two. Well, we managed to share. I, I want to mention this because it is quite phenomenal. We managed to share the actual proper ABC pack, which is also yes. quite nice to get the whole thing rather than just you know an email press kit. 
But um, kind of looks like a folder brief thing. It's like yeah, it's a bit like the kind of thing you'd be given if you were being given a, a case, and then inside there's this kind of very very glossy program type thing, and then there's a you know a proper DVD. It's, I don't. Know, it's all. It's kind of you can see the ABC is going to town on this. They're yeah, really they really pu- have. They're really pushing it. They're, oh, they're really actually promoting something. And also, it's twenty-two episodes, which is you know a standard American series, but is very very unusual for us. So it's kind of oh what? It's a big yeah, it's a big deal. You know, one series of twenty-two, so it's a it's a big production. It is a big production, and uh, it's it's produced by Screen Time, uh, and uh, so so produced by Screen Time for the ABC, and the uh, the the writers of it are all. Uh, the, well, not all, but they they have a large history of uh, of recent Australian television writing. Uh, Home and Away, Underbelly. Uh, the two people who wrote the first episode of Crownies, uh, the the first two episodes of Crownies, were Greg Hadrick and Kylie Needham, who together gave us the I, I remember it as being very ordinary society murders. Ah, the Society yes. Murders a few years ago, mm. uh, which was about that case in, in Camberwell. It was a real-life thing. One of the co-producers is a former lawyer. And, and what's it about? It's Gosh. about five young uh, lawyers working for the Department of Public Prosecutions in Sydney. They never actually say it's Sydney because, heaven forbid... But uh, but they it is it is Sydney. It's uh, it's. Do they act like Sydney people. They act like Sydney people. They go to Sydney suburbs. I think I'm assuming they're Sydney pu- suburbs because it's in Sydney. Look, can I mention this now? Because yeah, I was going to keep this later. But it is really weird. The not Sydney thing is so massively distracting in this show. And Rake did this a bit as well. I remember Rake actually being compelled to go and look it up on Wikipedia while watching it to work oh. out where the hell they were. They were in this state. In, in this state. And both Rake and this, people refer to this state in the most clumsy, bizarre way. In which you would say, say New South Wales, for God's sake, and sound like a human being. And it's such a weird 80s o- um, exploitation thing to kind of not say where you are. Like, why? Why are they not saying it's Sydney? It's got bits of Sydney Harbour because Bridge it in it. Six it's six-sevenths of the country offside. But the thing is, too, like you're saying, though, it's such a Sydney story. They're so Sydney characters. It makes sense if you tell me it's in Sydney. If you tried to tell me it was somewhere else, I, I would be confused. So why not just say Sydney? Well, the, and that's, that's what I understand. So, so it's, it's the lives of five young lawyers working for the fictional Department of Public Prosecutions because they don't have a Department of Public public prosecutions. They've got a director of public prosecutions there. Uh, so working for the Department of Pro- Public Prosecutions and there's sex and there's intrigue and uh, and ambition. So they're really, as you can hear from, from that ad that we played, they're really trying to sex up this idea of illegal drama. They're trying to make it as uh, as exciting as possible rather than just letting the uh, the story itself be excellent they're all in the first half of their 20s yeah who can tell who can tell they're They're all 20 something they're all about the same age as a junior at beverly hills high (laughs) sorry west beverly west (laughs) beverly high uh so yeah so if you imagine they're all about that age uh the and the the thing is that they really have all the drama in their lives of people in their mid-twenties. They, they don't have any huge responsibilities. They don't have... Other than the fact that they are public prosecutors. Uh, 
everything else in their life seems to be really, really easy. So, like, no one's got kids. Like people in their twenties, they Not go around looking for problems. They, they, they have commitments too. And the weirdest thing I find too uh, going on for that because I must admit I found most of the characters quite bland. I see the option of either bland or bland and a little bit obnoxious were the two kind of options, and it was just a little bit weird for me that that so. Virtually none of the characters have any introspection to them whatsoever. The one exception, um, I think there were two characters in the whole cast I was mildly interested in, which is Richard, who is the only character who has any kind of introspection because he's not a very good, you know, uh, he can't present very well in court and that sort of thing. But again, they're all played quite cartoony as well, so it's hard to get really that involved. But, but he, he also just seems like a screw-up rather yeah. than a... And Tatum, who is only interesting because she's a superwoman who can do everything. And it's it's kind of, yeah, weird that, that I don't know, I felt myself frustrated because there's all these opportunities in the episodes we've seen for really interesting inter-character discussions that are just completely thrown away. So, like, in the first episode, they're worried that, um, and the first and second episodes were played together, and they've already played this week, so you can see them on iView, I think. If you yes, yes, you can. Um, like, in the very first episode... They're waiting for a jury to get back. They're worried this guy's oh. going to get off. And there's actually a lot of really interesting stuff because it's not entirely, absolutely certain he killed this person. So there's a lot of interesting stuff. You could have a prosecutor who's maybe questioning whether or not they're setting the wrong person down. You've got to sort of, you could have them all waiting for this thing to come back in, which leads to discussions about guilt and stuff like that. But it kind of none of that really happens. The second episode has a woman in a burqa who's told to take off in court. Again, could have led to a really interesting... Sort yeah, of conflicting thing for the characters, but it just didn't. It was yeah, I don't know. Uh, it's 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 amazing that they, there is this legal drama that just avoids conflict. It avoids it, it so much. It does, and the characters are so certain about what they believe and what they want that nothing kind of really affects them that much. And so, you, is it intelligently written? Like, is I, I imagine you know these these legal minds being up for for a lot of debates and and almost an Aaron Sorkin esque well, kind of scripting. It's so it it's so not intelligently written, but trying to be intelligently written. Mm. So the the first episode does predicate on, on this whole: uh, is this man actually guilty of murder? Well, actually, scenario. It, it, doesn't because they're so convinced he does. Well, yeah, it's, and it's, this is what it should have been. It's, it's what it should have been. So, so there's this there's this man uh, who is who's up for murder, and everyone's really excited because the DPP is just definitely going to win this case because the closing argument was so strong, and of course he did it. And oh, there's just this little bit of evidence that they don't have, and if they had that, it'd be definitely for sure. But now they don't have it, and there's a possibility that the jury's going to come back with a doubt. But how could they come back with a doubt because the closing argument was so strong? But were they up against Denny Crane? Well, in his closing argument, who who were they up against? We don't know. We never see it, right? We we never see the closing argument. We never see all this brilliance that is supposed to happen. This is the one thing, and I'm I'm. It was weird watching this. I kind of desperately was wanting to to be better. I was going, please be better. And and I think it is actually quite a brave move that they have deliberately gone. It's a crime drama. It's it's a legal drama that doesn't take place in the courtroom and doesn't take place at the crime scene, which are obviously the two most dramatic places this can take place. So it's quite brave to go, no, no, we're going to focus on this section of it. And clearly, by the second episode, it wants to be the West Wing. That's what it wants to be. It wants to have these intelligent people who are doing important things for the public good, mm-hmm. which are often difficult and have grey areas attached to them. And it's fantastic that it has that ambition. 
but then it doesn't seem to like it's a it, it sounds like a great vehicle for for a good screenwriter to to really especially with ambiguity and with with questioning and that all first, the stuff that could be in the, there the case in that first episode if the man was actually innocent because what happens is tatum superwoman uh and uh and and you know dressed very hotly for the 1920s party that they're so so we think that she's just a ditz and then we discover that she's really this genius and uh and whatever Ooh, look at that it was wasn't expected oh we come into christmas in july yeah she she comes through uh with some new information about the accused now if the uh and the information comes through way too late for the trial the jury are uh, considering the jury the are already de- deliberating and, and considering the case. If the information had come back and they discovered that he was actually guilty, and the jury came back and said that he was not guilty, so the information comes out he's actually guilty, but the jury says not guilty, then uh, we have the internal conflict of the characters going. Well, we didn't do enough at the time. And we're too proud to actually do all the hard work. And now we have to face the consequences of a murderer going free. And then they then have that struggle. Uh, the other way is if uh, if it turns out that he was actually innocent, that this, uh, this information proves that he was not at the scene of the crime and the jury comes back and they find him guilty. Even if you look at very West Wing, right. he gets found guilty, but there's enough of a question mark there on the characters' minds that perhaps he wasn't. Even, That's interesting. Even, That's, even you know. I think that is way too nuanced for a, a leap for, for this show. I'm, I'm looking at a black and white scenario, right. and even, yeah, yeah. even then they couldn't do it. Even then they couldn't have the opposite of what was expected or what they were hoping for. And it's so frustrating because there's all this stuff buried in this show that could be good. If they were willing to just let it be good, and as it is, it's it, it wants to be the West Wing, and it, the thing it reminded me actually most of is um is it Pacific Drive? Is that was <laughs> called Pacific yes. Heights. Yes, the no, Pacific Drive. Pacific Drive. It was it's Channel Nine on the, on the Gold Coast, eleven p.m. It, oh, with f- uh, Frank Holden. It feels so possibly. Um, the cops. No, that's no. the other one. That's that's no no no. This this was this was nineties soap, and it feels like that. And it's like there was there was a gratuitous sex scene I I forwarded through while watching. Um, there was at least two scenes I forwarded through, just going, yeah, this soap painting shouldn't be here. There was there, a pizza scene. I remember a pizza scene. There, there's a scene in the in the first episode where where for I mean this, the problem too I have with this, the West Wing. You watch the West Wing, and and I must say because I I sat there going. Why isn't this working as the West Wing? I'll watch the West Wing. I end up watching the first series, the West Wing again, <laughs> um, which then made me even more disappointed for crowdies. But um, the thing is, you watch the West Wing and you are convinced this is made by people who know everything about the American political system and they will explain stuff to you quite cleverly. Crownies, I'm not convinced they actually know how the legal system works because I just kept thinking... I don't think that's right. But that happened with almost everything in there. Like, I'm not convinced they know how mm. World of Warcraft works. I'm not convinced they know how journalism works. Mm. I'm not convinced that people kept doing weird things that made no sense. Um, there's some wacky stuff about rape in the second episode, which I'm going, yeah, you really haven't thought that through. No, it's like <laughs> you don't know how rape works. You don't yeah. know how parties work. You, you don't, don't know, know how fetishes work. You don't know how this stuff about this. this you don't know how security systems going into offices work. work. There's a really interesting premise throughout it that there's a, a, a case load they've been given about the Attorney General. Um, 
saying that he possibly uh, uh, abused these women. And the question they're asking is whether or not this really happened or didn't and whether they should proceed or not. But they've claimed that he forced them to wear turtleneck jumpers, which is kind of this wacky thing that makes no sense and just makes the whole show you go, what, what are you doing? What are you doing? And that's, yeah, I found Crowley's just made me shout, what are you doing at my television? It is, it is the, the what are you doing show. It is the I wish it was better yes. show. Was that just something that they could, because they don't actually show the pictures. Dude, no, no, no. no. Just, yeah, there were people looking at the pictures. And oh, going, the, the, what's with the turtleneck? The, the rape like, thing was a pirate, uh, the gay pirate rape thing that got mentioned in another episode. Yeah, no, it's, it's full of this misjudged wackiness. When oh really? Yeah. So did you not watch it, Brett? Did you did you avoid? I no no I, I, I was looking to check it out on iView last night and uh, and, and my and internet problems went down. Yeah. Um, Truck uh, ran away. With so once chat. once yeah. they got to uh, the third episode and and they've uh, hit their I felt the third episode was notably better. I don't know, Josh. Well, third you... third episode was written by a new writer actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I forget her name Tamara someone. I, I would also say um, I think the AB, I think it was a bad decision to show episodes one and two together. I think it was a bad decision to show episodes one and two. Uh, I th- guess, actually I've got to say it is a really bad first episode because first episodes are notoriously bad to do. Yes, I mean they're very very hard to do. But, that's why we have the rule three. But that's why with this one they they throw a bunch of characters out you that are fairly indistinguishable. And then five minutes, I take them to a party and introduce a whole bunch of more characters. And you're going, I, I don't know who any of you people are. I'm not convinced. I mean, I would have fired Tatum for wandering around the office dressed like that. Yeah, you know, that's like I don't think they can. I don't think they know how offices work. It's yes, just that yes. thing of, you know. And there's a, there's a terrible cheesecake bit where a whole bunch of women stand around their underwear having a discussion, which just felt quite dirty to me. But that was just. Awkward. Um, episode it's three. Just natural, John. Was when, no, actually, no, no, no. If, no, no, if, they, if know, they had pillows. <laughs> no, but the funny thing, too, I realized, because you know how, how cause we were talking there about the constant sex and violence in television now, they always go their way to make it equal opportunity. So, you know, things like Spartacus or, or you know, um, Game, Game of Thrones. Yeah, you'll have this thing where, you know, she gets her kid off, but then he gets his kid off, and so everyone's happy. And. Because Crownies is so old school, 80s exploitation, 90s soap opera, it does feel like it's just the chicks. It's only the chicks you're going to see. It's, it's, it's almost, it's almost like there is a man off screen. Well, and, and in the same way that Underbelly seemed to have a man off screen just going, oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh. It feels so much like, it, yeah, a middle aged man in the 80s going, oh. And this, I think, is uh, this. I think, I think you've you've really hit the the nail on the head here, Brett, because it just feels dated like that. It feels dated like Underbelly already felt dated. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have any of the uh, any of the experience that we've had collectively of good television shows in the last ten years. It, it just but do we do we have the the depth of writing talent to be able to do it? Like yes, it's it's, it's an opportunity. Sitting there going going gagging and, and it seems nobody's up for the challenge well, to, Rake, to rise to the occasion. Rake and came a lot closer. Yeah, I would agree with that. A um, lot closer. Tamara Asma, by Thank the way, you. was the writer. Tamara Asma who wrote episode three. It, it was funny though. One of the things I noticed when I opened up this, this big glossy booklet I have here was that if this was an American show, one of the very first pages would be about the showrunner. Yeah, it'd be telling us who the showrunner is, who the main writers are. Who why, the creator who was. The, who the creator is and why it exists. There's nothing in this about that. There's nothing about why this exists and who came up with it. 
and the, it, the creative team has executive producers listed at the top, then directors, then writers. There's there's no sense of who's actually propelling this and why. And this is something that I've got in in Isn't my the notes. EP of the showrunner here. No, it's there. Are, there are four EPs, and and there is one co-producer who is also a writer on the show. None of the other producers seem to have writers' and credits. And she only wrote two episodes. Yeah, two out of the twenty-two, and they, and so they weren't the first episode. Yeah, so, so, so it is really odd to go. Well, who's Whose baby is this? Who's and pushing it, this forward? And it does really feel like a, a show by committee, that there is no passion, there is no vision for the show, there is no unifying vision for the show. Was it because the finance people at the ABC kept on giving them notes? Uh, it, it, I, d- I doubt it, because I, I think Screen Time did it fairly independently of, uh, of the ABC. They've misspelled mine at all. Really? Sorry, I keep, I keep saying typos. <laughs> really? Because you mispronounce it? Typos are just... Yes. Yeah, do you, you say do. Minotaur? Yeah. Not Minotaur? It doesn't matter. You can say either if you want. Well, you've got Minotaurs no, but, but, and Majortaurs. Yeah, sure, yeah. Both no, are but I, was, I was wondering if that was a, a Western Australia, Eastern Australia it's thing. It's I speak better than you do. Minotaur. Sorry, really? better. Better. <laughs> It's it's minute either way I uh, I anyway, prefer all star comics. Rick's never said mine. It, it does have an O in it. That's my point. Anyway, yes. Unlike the uh, ABC publicity. Yes. Um, uh, yeah. M I N A T O R E. It's it's Monitor. Yeah. Hey hey Monitor. But um, yeah, I know it just feels odd because you don't know who whose show this is and and what it wants to do. And it, it's not even that you don't know whose show it is from who's who's creating the show who's running the show. You don't know whose show it is from, from the point of view of what are we watching here? Whose story is being told? Is it is it the story of the of the young people in the office? Because if it is, then why are we focusing on the uh, senior prosecutor so much in so many of the stories? Uh, and why are the young people in the story so one dimensional? Why do they have such boring young people stories? To be fair, though, none of the characters have any particular kind of depth or interest no, to no, them. I feel very, very sorry for the woman who's been lumbered with the um, the grumpy woman who gives out the contracts who's also a Christian, which seems to be her only mm. particular... She's old defining. and a Christian. And she's grumpy. And it's just... I couldn't get the Christians in somehow. Uh, um, it's, it's like she doesn't have... They have Tra- Tracy, Tracy Samuels is the character. Actually, she, they've she probably got just, all the people meters. Truthfully told, she, she can't be. She can't be. Uh, you know, young and conservative. She has to be old and conservative because heaven forbid there should be a young conservative person there. But it's also just generally. I mean, it's it's, a, it's look. It's a terrible character, and, and admittedly playing it as if it's a Hanna Barbera cartoon probably didn't help. But yeah. it's just that that sense of yeah. It's it's oh, it's not good. No. I was so going to try and be nice about this yeah. show. <laughs> I was genuinely because I, I really thought look, it's hearts in the right place. It's. It wants to be something. So you're not going to persist? I, I'm not. I, I would really? be tempted to... You wouldn't to write w- off one and two and go three, four, five no, as th- the rule well, of three? Well, three, three still wasn't good. I'm just saying it was better. Um, I'd be tempted to watch episode 11, in all honesty. I would be tempted to watch 11 and see if it's managed to actually pull something together. I have a theory that it goes mad in uh, episode 11. Well, I, I think, would you I think that's great? when vampires come in. Yeah, vampires come in. <laughs> By 11, they'll be panicking, putting vampires. I mean, that's the thing. I, I'd be tempted to watch a much later episode to see if they've managed to, to uh, create some characters, if somehow it's come together in some way, and then if it did, I might be tempted to go back. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't watch it. I so you thought- don't think uh, it's going to become a, a, a standard ABC clause in contracts that uh, they have nudity? Yeah. Well, they don't even, there's, not, there's not even any nudity in this in, oh, really? in this show, I, no, unlike, no, it's just unlike pretty much every other new Australian drama, 
has the required boobs within the first 15 minutes. This has no boobs in it. Uh, has scantily clad women and but but no boobs. And the, Herald, dresses. the Herald Sun actually uh, had a, a review of it that uh, was asking, "Is it too raunchy?" What? I know. Is it too raunchy? Because there's a scantily clad woman in the first fifteen minutes, but there's no boobs. It's it's a really it's a really weird dynamic. But is that weird this. though? Because I actually found the scantily clad woman actually made me feel a bit dirty in a way that probably the nudity wouldn't. Like, it, it felt... Well, if she, was it was, nude, if she was nude in the office... Well, because it was so gratuitous, I think, was the reason why it felt just a bit icky. You know, There's, it, there's two, two, things, two things that I... Uh, I want to, one is a personal anecdote. I thought that this would be the sort of show that my mum would like. Uh, because my mum likes to have kind of mindless shows on while she's doing other things. Uh, the... The mistake I think they had with the ads for it is that they made it seem too compelling because she sat down to watch it rather than doing something else while it was on. And she didn't like it. So I went, well, okay, so if people are concentrating on it and not liking it, then it's it's no good. The other thing is, did you ever see on Rove Live, there was a sketch, a, a running sketch called, I think it was called Sex Office. Mm-hmm. That was a. It was. It was supposed to be a nineteen seventies number ninety six kind of show set in an office, but everyone's always having sex. That's what this feels like. It feels like everyone's always having sex with each other. They work in the same office. What are you doing having sex? It's sex office. I think that's it. Yeah. It's it's like it's a sketch with no punchline. So they're all screwing each other and and not yet, but that'll happen. It's there is. There is soap opera not far in the future in this series. I think it's a soap opera already myself. That's the thing. Really, it started very slowly. I, I would no, I reckon it's a soap. I and mean, that's the thing. If you if you judge it against the West Wing, it's terrible. If you judge it against a kind of late night Channel Nine gloss soap, which is what I think it is, it's fine. It's, no, you know. I, don't, I don't even think it's fine because at least like Pacific Drive was campy. This isn't even campy. Mm-hmm. This is trying to. It doesn't know what it is. I think that's the problem. If they were trying to be campy, it would be fine. If if they were trying to be serious, it would be fine. But they're trying to be neither. And so it just ends up in limbo. Anyway, I say uh, Crownies didn't see a beer in it. No, I say that was shit. <laughs> that was a shit joke. Got a postman. Have a letter. Did you read it? You're a godsend. Save you. No, I'm, I'm just the postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. The postman. Look, I've got no letters to box cutters. It, it all went a bit sad then, didn't it? It's yeah. like we're all kind of like, oh. <laughs> yeah. No letters. Uh, send them in. Can I say hello to Zach in Ohio, though? Which I probably could have said in, in letters. I, I got a letter from Zach who listens to us in Ohio, and he, uh, this whole episode will be meaningless to him. So, oh, you had a letter. <laughs> well, no, but it was, it, was, it was actually a letter about the Allied Institute, but he mentioned in passing he listens to us. So, yeah, that's what I'd say. You know, yeah, that's a whole hour's worth of Australian television discussion for you there, Zach. Enjoy. Yeah, but he could, you know, Zach, Zach could watch Four Corners and, uh, and Crownies on iView if he's got Brett's special fancy. Special fancy, yeah. Mm. Uh, speaking true. of special fancies, mm-hmm. uh, I've stopped using Hotspot Shield mm-hmm. uh, just because it's really annoying. It's, it's really, really slow. No, it's it's just impossible to turn off, and then it's got all these 
all these banners and stuff. Yeah, it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's a I, bit I, spammy. I don't like it. Yep, yep. I I had that feeling from the outset. And then I, I had like really went with it. And then I got really itchy. I just uh, oh no, you didn't put it in. I think I think I did. It's I think not I did. In total use. If I was going to watch one thing this week, it would be on Tuesday night, the nineteenth of July, at five past ten on the ABC. It's called. Uh, it's the news update. Artscape. No, news update. I think is at ten o'clock, which is why this is at five past ten. Artscape with uh, John Safran. Jedi's and Juggalos, your census guide. Uh, John is going to be talking about uh, the stranger uh, religious beliefs that uh, might be written in on the upcoming census. John Safran, um, and this was was it? We've had we've had one census since the big Jedi one, haven't we? The big yeah. Jedi one was like two thousand thereabouts. Would have been two thousand and one. Yeah. Um, it's it's a little bit dangerous because you know they they had like they, a rock set song they had a massive uh, uh, take up of people writing in Jedi as as their religion the Not dangerous that massive like, they had uh, I think I heard uh, three hundred thousand plus oh that is massive um, and I am remembering back ten years um, uh. But I'm I'm fairly certain of it. The dangerous thing about it is that if it was if it was all atheistic people, uh, that was actually giving an indication to the ABS that there were three hundred thousand and some uh, uh, religious people, and so resources should be going to religions um, that wouldn't have normally if all of them were didn't actually have a religion. To even put down even there. made up religion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Right. Mm. That's mm. why we call those Jedi skills now, haven't we? Yeah. Damn them. Why? Well, that joke backfired. You know, it could well be why Access Ministries have uh, access into our uh, state primary schools and uh, getting to proselytize there. Bear Grylls is advertising Alpha, the, um, the Christian, Christian mind-washing cult. Mm. I'm probably going to be taken to task I for that, but I, Alpha, I think that's a fairly that's... fair definition, isn't it? Isn't that what they say on their posters? Yeah. It's a Christian mind-washing cult. cult. Yeah. Inquire within. Dead yeah. mind? Come yeah. on in. Come on in. Um, we'll wash it for you. He's up yes, be- on trams. Bear Grylls, Bear Grylls is uh, talking about how much he loves Christianity on trams. Is that what you're going to watch? You're going to watch trams? John? No, um, I'm going to watch because I'm obviously so prepared for this and because just before we started, Brett said, have you watched Wilfred? I'm watching Wilfred <laughs> on whatever channel it's on, whatever it is. It's on one. <laughs> it's on uh, what was the sports channel? Uh, Channel 10's HD offering. That's 11 now, isn't it? Uh, No, no, the HD one. So so, uh, one digital went, became 11. Yeah. uh, But the HD stayed on sports until a month, two months ago. So which one? And and so Wilfred is now on one, which isn't just a sports But it is HD. Yes. Which I can't pick up. Okay. I'm just listening to it. You can't pick it up. (laughs) Oh, but you can listen to it. Yeah, I don't have an HD decoder. Oh. I was questioning this at the time. Why? Why did they sell SD set-top boxes for so long? It was it was such a rort. Well, HD um, wasn't around when I bought mine. I think, or at least uh, nothing was on those channels. I think the answer is in the question mm-hmm. that they got to rort. Mm. Mm. You could buy HD mm. ones when I bought mine. So they were twice as much money, and since it was just a channel showing the same thing Hence, again, uh, I wasn't really that fast. Rort. Yeah. See, that's what 
Brett's getting out. So, right. Brett, if you are going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? Something that uh, new listeners might not be aware of, but we did uh, review it when it first came up in the States. It has been uh, sitting, you know, kind of in, in odd time slots on uh, Channel 10. So it's Larry Sanders' show? No. No. Uh, it, it's the Gary Shandling show. No, I think that was called It's Gary, Sh- Gary Shandling's show. show. Yes. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, this is a thing to Gary show. The thing to Gary show. But not that one. Um, it's it's something that I, I caught. I'm on tenterhooks. Tell me what it is. Actually, it's called I'm on tenterhooks. <laughs> I recorded the, the reality show. I recorded uh, the, the the late show the other night, and uh, it was following that. Eureka! It's it's very compelling. Oh, oh, it's in the. Hang on, the... Eureka! That's done five series, and uh, yeah. That, that's been on here before, hasn't it? Yeah, it's been it's been, it's on, been on fairly s- constantly since it since it started. But I kind of just dip back yeah. in again because because yeah, you know, Channel Ten does their best to to hide it away. Uh, was Matt Frewer? Matt Frewer was Matt Frewer was in Eureka. Yeah. yeah, he's apparently Australian. I remember discovering that in one episode. Going, really? is that what that accent's meant to be? He's oh no oh, oh his character's Australian. His character's supposed to be Australian. Oh, yes, Frewer's yeah, Australian. Yeah, yeah. No, really? that Matt never Frewer. came out in Doctor Doctor. No, no, we talked about that when we reviewed it. Yeah, I've blocked out of my mind. We just kept saying. Doctor Doctor all over again because it's important to remind people that but once I think existed. Felicia Day's in Eureka now, isn't she? Is she? I think she is. Bless her. Yeah, good on for her. Um, uh, so it's on uh, Thursday nights at eleven fifty-five. Right. Uh, so yeah, obviously in that uh, post Letterman time slot on Thursday nights. So that should give you plenty to watch this week. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters, pod, cast, done. Pork is on the table. So MasterChef, on Sunday night, made dinner for the Dalai Lama. Ah, uh, yes. Next week, Sorry, they... Is they, that, hang because you said that and my brain just rejected it. The actual Dalai Lama no, was I in thought, the kitchen? Because I thought was, Josh was, was making dinner for the Dalai No, are you talking about the MasterChef made... MasterChef Ma- Master made dinner for, for the Dalai Lama. What a next, media whore! Next, next week, Pope Benedict. They're making eggs Pope Benedict. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I'm confused because one of those is a fact and one's a joke. And you could have gone either way. It's like... Uh, no, they actually, they actually made dinner for the Dalai Lama. Which, if that doesn't give you less respect for the Dalai it Lama... It really does. I, I genuinely, you genuinely have just lowered my respect for the Dalai Lama. It's not me. I didn't. I just, I just mentioned it. I no, just you saw, have. I just oh, saw, you really. Yeah. I just saw the ads and I couldn't. And it's, so I watched it. I watched it going. When is he gonna like pull off his head and we'll discover it's actually Lou Richards or you know LL Cool J. Yeah. It's, yeah. Or anything. But no, it was the Dalai Lama all along, and uh, and of course he was supposed to be judging, but he can't judge because he's the Dalai Lama. Yeah. There's no judging allowed in Buddhism. All the one. Uh, so nothing's he, better than anything else. Yeah. <laughs> he pisses off after the meal, and uh, and then the judges judge. It was bizarre. That's wrong. It made it made absolutely no sense in any way whatsoever. Because if a man becomes a spiritual leader because as a child he picks out a watch from a bunch of stuff, you expect a higher standard <laughs> from him. <laughs> you, re- you really do. So how, how much time did, did they waste of his, of his uh, trip out here? I don't... You know what? It's, 
They just walk through when they they slice it up and Franken. And it's not. It. It's not like it's not like the Dalai Lama will just turn up to anything he's asked to, right? So if we ask the Dalai Lama to come onto box cutters, I don't think. No, he I'm would. not sure now. Now you've made me question that. No, well, well, perhaps we should. As a so test. I, I think I think when when Brett says how much of his time did they waste, I think he did this willingly. Really? My my assumption is, and he spent quite a lot of time. He went through the kitchen, spoke to everyone, shook everyone's hand, and then was sitting at the table, being served all the courses mm-hmm. that these people had made. He was there for hours. So his judging was whether he would take a mouthful or not. He was, and he would say whether or not he liked something, or if he preferred it to something else. Or what he liked about something like he, he was he was making commentary on because he's known for his culinary. It's, there is no reason for the Dalai Lama to be on MasterChef, well, none whatsoever. You've seen it's, the Iron Chef where he was the challenger. <laughs> I wish, I wish that was the case. Uh, uh, what are you making? I am making food for the people. The, the, the idea that like it just. I just it doesn't make any sense, and so in a series of MasterChef that has, they they have so somehow managed to take a format that was working perfectly, people liked it. Two seasons of it, identical. No one remembers who won. Everybody liked it, and we, I watched it a lot. They managed, won one. They managed managed to, to no she the they, token they, Asian. no she didn't. <laughs> didn't they she managed to that? they managed to take that concept and just ruin it entirely and then and and they also managed to make fools out of out of the contestants like even more so because you've got this i i, I believe i believe billy is uh, is is of chinese descent i might be being racist here i also believe he is a homosexual i might be being homophobic there did, did they say this the dalai lama's chair don't take has, it off him or? he has quoted share in the past <laughs> i'm just going to say that there uh with the auto tuning, they've, they've got him being excited about meeting the Dalai Lama. The Dalai Lama, who, if if he knew who this person was, would not approve of his lifestyle in any way. Like it's it's just making a mockery out of everybody. What mm-hmm. this show? It just makes no sense. This it's whole, those this whole episode of Box the, is maybe just despair on life. It's the what about no? There was that. That interview with Sue Spencer where all the hope came back. Is, is that a hope look? Because, you know, yeah. she makes the show that shows us the horrible things happen in the world. Sure. What was the conclusion lots of that, of, Lots of people... Well, because we didn't listen to it because we just skipped past it. <laughs> the conclusion... For, if Did you she also, agree with you? Did she, she say there is no place for no, four corners in this world? No, she said, she said that uh, lots of people, after all the publicity that that story got, lots of people went on to iView and listened to it. Uh, speaking of four corners... Well, uh, you know, you know the, the whole Fitzgerald Commission uh, that... that to, uh, you know, tore down the the Joe Bjorkapeterson uh, empire in Queensland came out of the Four Corners story. Yes, but that was thirty years ago, Brett. Uh, well, the, the Four Corners was, is known for uh, these saying, kind of. But the problem was the that now stories. the problem was now not now, thirty years ago. Nobody's got anything beyond a thirty second attention. That was span. the whole point. That was why I did that. That's why we did the segment. That's why I spent time on the phone with Sue Spencer. Well, when that, you're listening to the show. For the aspirational people who want to think. Speaking of uh, Four Corners, uh, it is the 50th anniversary of Four Corners this year. Uh, August 19th, if you wanted to celebrate, have a little cake. 
uh, if you're in Sydney, you can go to the ABC uh, building in Ultimo and they've got an exhibition on there. And there's also going to be an online interactive exhibition. Now are we working on getting Kerry down to uh, talk about it? On boxcars? Yeah. No. Oh, I should. Can I do Tammy Huggins' trotters now? Because I've got some. Sure. Oh, I had I had just one kind of shitty thing about... Uh, so, so Crownies went to air on Thursday night on the ABC. The EPG was saying just one episode and a blank space uh, up until the late line on that night. Ah, oh, mm. so just dead air. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. It's, I watched it. It could have been. So um, <laughs> I was going to quickly do some trotters. Uh, Josh is right. A prime number really is a number that can only be divided by one and itself that is more than one. That's arbitrary. If the Dalai Lama was going to be appearing on MasterChef, he'd be cooking a Buddhist pizza. That's one with everything. Hey. And number 96 was mentioned before. That was remade in America, oddly enough, as a one-hour sitcom that aired three episodes in one week and was cancelled by about the ninth week. One hour sitcom. What year was it? 1981. I remember that being mentioned in... Uh, Super Train mentioned yeah. that, that they'd done it, and I, I did a bit more research to find out about it, and I just thought since you mentioned number 96, I would share that with you. That they, Rather than being a sexy soap, thank you, and there's a one-hour sitcom, uh, they played three episodes in one week, thinking that would really get everyone committed to it, and then they'd come back once a week to watch this show, and of course no one did. And I just all, all the actors, you've never heard of anyone in it, they must have gone, oh, our, our careers are made. We're going to be number 96. If I offended anyone with my anti-Dalai Lama MasterChef rant, uh, if you understand what I was talking about, please let me know. So if they were, if they were offended, and if they understood what you were saying. Yeah, if they understood and they weren't offended, I don't really care. Okay. Uh, address your, your letters of complaint to Josh at... Hooray at boxcutters.net or you can use the contact us form uh, at boxcutters.net slash contact. Oh, that way we're going to get all your complaints. Yeah. Suffer. Uh, oh, also, if you want to uh, comment on this show in particular, you can just go to boxcutters.net slash episode 271. Hmm. We've, re- we've redone all the URLs on all the episodes. So if you want to go to any episode in history, you just type in boxcutters.net slash episode and then the episode number, you can go right there. I was going to ask if it was a prime number, but I've just realised it's not. It's divisible by three. No, it's not. 271. It's not divisible by three. No, it's not. You're right. Oh, no, hang on, because I was adding them up wrong. Yeah. In my head. Yeah, maybe it is a prime number. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. We'll never know. There's no way of knowing. I knew as soon as you said it. That brings us to the end of boxcutters.net. I want to say thanks very much to Sue Spencer for spending time on the phone with me. Uh, And thanks also to everyone who has donated their kind money over the break. Even for the mean money that you gave us. Angry money! And we'll take it all. We'll take it all. If If you've got some nasty cash in your wallet, send it our way. We'll take care of it. Until next week, my name is Josh Kanar. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutters. Catch us again next week. Yes, I said next week, and I mean it. Same bat time, same bat channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards. Brett Cropley is our audio engineer. Peter Wilson coaxes all the bits out of our servers. If you enjoyed this podcast, please tell everyone you know and leave us a five-star review on iTunes. That will help other people find us and would mean a lot. 
Boxcutters thanks 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world. Find them in Melbourne, Australia on 102.7 FM or at rrr.org.au. There are lots of ways you can contact us and you'll find them all at our website at boxcutters.net. Um, just, uh, I'm, I'm on Wolf from Alpha. I'm, I'm actually... Making yeah. sure that 271 is a prime? I'm just, I'm asking. I'm yep. asking, is, uh, is 271 a prime number? 271... <laughs> Might be divisible yeah. by seven. Is a prime number. Woo! Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Cutters.